It's time to rock and roll. Well, I'm doing okay. I'm I'm dealing with crushing depression that's almost debilitating. But aside from that, I'm okay. Oh, okay, no, I think there's something in the air right now because it's like I've been having. <laughs> it's Fernando. Maybe, maybe I, I've been having a great time. I've had nothing but a great summer. You gotta, you know, you gotta laugh but, at your jokes. But there's you gotta something. laugh at your own jokes. I, I do sometimes. Did you get missed, my joke? I, I missed it. I missed it. I'm oh, sorry. No, because you said there's something in the air, and I was like, Fernando. Oh, I should have gotten that because I'm a big mom in my head. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Okay. One day I'll watch that movie. It's uh the first one's okay. The second one's really where it's at. Real oh, okay. Mamma Mia heads know this. Isn't that the one where it came out like a decade or two after? Mm-hmm. And it's about her having a baby. Oh, good for her. I it's, guess. They flash back to the mom uh, and when she meets the three potential dads, right? Mm-hmm. It's so fun and it's so good and sweet. And it's like, I just start, you just start crying. You're like, what the fuck am I crying in Mamma Mia too? Like, it's so good. Um, The first one you watch and everyone gets wine drunk. The second one, you can also get wine drunk, but it is just a good movie. Mm-hmm. So. You should, uh, everyone should watch Mamma Mia too. Hello, welcome to the uh, the Waffle Press movie hangouts. I'm fumbling because it's it's just a mess. Today's a mess. Uh, it's all good, I think. I think it's good. Gene's not here, which is probably why I'm a mess. Um, so my co-host today is my friend Noah Garcia. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Because uh, I would say that you and I are very close, but uh, Gene invited me on the show a long time ago, and I was a little off-put by the fact that Gene asked me to be on here before you, but you know, here we are. We're, we're, we're working on our relationship, our friendship, or, you know, and everything's okay. I think I see you every week of my life at this point. I, at least a text. So, yeah, so, like, I feel like, mm-hmm. not to quantify something as abstract and emotional and personal as friendship but if you had if we're going there if i'm going to categorize i feel like the mm-hmm. podcast is one of the least essential parts of my life i love doing it mm-hmm. and it's a great way to to fucking make people hear my bullshit and just meet mm-hmm. other people but i feel like because we know each other in the real world it's never like i I'd not thought about like oh like come hang out with me on the podcast just like mm-hmm. we just hang out in, in the real world so I don't know. You can't quantify that stuff, I guess. It's I'm crazy. I'm my own ass, so I mm-hmm. hope it's working. Well, you know, as an American, I demand to quantify things. So I just, I, I, I honestly, I didn't really consider us friends until now. So I'm happy that we're friends. I've known you for seven years. <laughs> uh, yes, anyways, you have. Is that Manifest Destiny? Is that like Manifest Destiny 2.0? Is that what you're arguing for? Me, me, yes, but with different people in charge. Like I want that was I not want, the answer I was I looking know. for. That was bad. Uh, well, we're I want like past that, <laughs> and we're we're here to talk about Blue Beetle today. But we're also mm-hmm. and I I mentioned this before, and I didn't give you a rundown or anything of the, never what we're going to talk about today. Uh, sometimes I do. Um, Gene mostly does, and he's like, "You think this looks good?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine." And then I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait." Sometimes <laughs> I do actually got to look over it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's it's usually we we run a well oiled machine here at the Waffle Press. Um, but anyway, so we're also going to talk about like DC TV because that's like all ending. Mm-hmm. And I know you were a big fan of it for a while. I was a big fan of it for a while. Oh my gosh! Um, some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. Stephen Amell is uh, in hot water, rightfully so. We don't have to get into that. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what the fuck's up with that guy, what an idiot. Um, 
but I guess before we get to Blue Beetle, I want to mm-hmm. hear your thoughts on, I guess, technically the Arrowverse, the DC CW verse. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, what do people refer to it as? Because when it started, mm-hmm. it was Arrowverse, and now I don't know what it is. Very much uh, the network and its producers want you to call it like the DC TV, but all the fans call it the Arrowverse. It started with Arrow, and it kind of just encompassed the entire like idea of that DC TV era. So it's the Arrowverse. All right. Well, did you start Arrow at the beginning, or did you hop on later? I hopped on on season two. Because... uh, it's gonna sound really shitty of me, but I saw clips of uh, Katie Lotz as Black Canary, and I was like, "What's happening there?" So I just started watching it. Elaborate on that. Well, um, what do you mean? Uh, well, you know how like Power Girl has like a giant triangle in her chest. It's a very similar thing where Black Canary had like a, a like a let. I you know I respect all genders and sexualities. I just want to support women. Anyways, uh, you horn dog. So you started watching because of that. Uh, I already like, regret this. It's fine. It's fine. These things go off the rails all the time. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, my cousin showed me the the first season on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, this is like pretty good," you know. <laughs> I, um, mm-hmm. like I'm a big action guy, and that's gonna come up in the conversation later too with Blue Beetle. But it was, um, I was like narratively, it was like, yeah, it's like CW like type like romance stuff and you can kind of feel them start to like break away from that pretty quickly after mm-hmm. that first season where they're like no we have like a cast of actors that are up to the challenge and stuff like that and um obviously season two i think is the high mark for a lot of people i think season five is wildly underappreciated um you know that show has ebbs and flows uh the flash the first season of the flash i always say is mm-hmm. still if not the best superhero show ever it's in the conversation of top three um it still hits mm-hmm. It would be really stupid to do a movie version of that without uh, any of that <sighs> cast, and especially just uh, so recently after that show had just ended. Um, what I guess just let's just fucking just jump into a really broad subject because otherwise we're breaking down like eleven different shows, some <laughs> that aren't even canonical to each other, and all this comic book bullshit. Um, it's over now; they're all done except for the Superman and Lois show, which I hear is very good. You watch that one? I haven't, I haven't had the chance to, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things about it. Okay. Besides that one, because I intend on watching that. A lot of people have told oh, me to watch it. For some reason, I thought you were talking... I got my brain... I got wire switched. I thought you were talking about My Adventures with Superman. No, I should have specified. Yeah, I should have specified. <laughs> no, there, there are no, other ones, uh, so. no, Lois and Superman, uh, it's insane, because while the CWS like, drama is there, um, the production value is just on another level it's like five million per episode i think which is not the cw budget usually um which i greatly admire and uh noah left i don't i don't know where he went so i'm just gonna keep talking but uh the yeah the the superman show uh, it looks very good i'm gonna watch it eventually um and when i even say like the romance and cw stuff like being kind of uh like everyone makes fun of it. everyone's like oh it's mm-hmm. very cw like everyone kind of pokes fun at riverdale and stuff riverdale which is intentionally like that it's not an accident mm-hmm. that it's like that by the way um like it's structured to be that way i think that's what makes it interesting because they know exactly what they're doing it's, yeah. it's not some unfortunate byproduct they know exactly what they're doing. yeah and it's like i i think the melodrama is is such a wonderful part of superhero stories especially long ongoing ones 
you know so like i'm cool with them being like uh there's that first season episode in the flash where he's like he's going on a date with linda park mm-hmm. and then he has to like like he he hasn't been intimate with someone since he's become the flash maybe ever i think the implication is ever which is very mm-hmm. funny to me um and he starts getting excited and he starts like vibrating like that's like so fun oh, you know like uh-huh. like you wouldn't get that that type of joke if they didn't like spend time developing just like characters that aren't that important to the narrative but i don't know if i'm watching a tv show i want to know what the guy behind the counter at the at the like the 7-eleven down the street is up to someday mm-hmm. you know i want episodes about different perspectives and stuff um and i think that was like the better parts of these shows uh what is your favorite out of all the the cw verse shows i guess uh well i guess strangely enough uh the batwoman show has a special place in my heart just because it's such an odd concoction because there's this weird idea in the early days of the Arrowverse and its accompanying shows where they try to dip their feet half in dc lore and half not like they wouldn't make references to greater uh heroes that don't exist yet but then as soon as batwoman came in it very much became the era where they're just name dropping wonder woman with no consequences whatsoever dropping robin no consequences oh batman existed this whole time like there's even a crossover where uh stephen amell's green Arrow was like actually i was a first vigilante batman's not real it was me and that was like something that was really funny but there's just something about batwoman that has like a weird special place in my heart also because one of the villains uh, alice is i would say arguably one of the the better Arrowverse villains it's that and of course i enjoy all the others but it's batwoman and legends of tomorrow simply because that show started off so serious and it just kind of like, I don't want to say degraded, but sort of transformed into just what nonsense can we pull off in 40 minutes? And it's like, there's an episode where there's their puppets, they've done animated things, they've done historical pieces. Uh, they pulled off a season where they're in one time period, which is crazy because the appeal of the show is like traveling to different time periods. So it's just, it's such a wacky thing. But uh, what, what about you? What would you say are the highlights of these shows or favorite episodes or favorite uh, characters or what, what's going on there? Uh, yeah, Legend of Tomorrow, I think, is the show where just like after that first season, everything clicked together. Even if it wasn't like mm-hmm. like uh, always up to it, like its previous quality, it was always like the show would never lost sight of like, this is what we can do with this show. Mm-hmm. Other shows have struggled with that constantly throughout their runs. Um, I think season four of Arrow, people think, is, like, the worst one. I don't agree. I think season three is fucking awful. Um, and season three is very serious, but season four is much more goofy. They're fighting, like, the bug lady from The Flash. Um, <clears throat> and it's just, like, it, it's really frustrating that... I think that season is pretty fun, but it is stupid, <clears throat> you know? And Legends never had that problem. Uh, the Flash has a lot of problems because it's a show about The Flash, and eventually you're going to run out of mileage and you don't have a lot of money your cast of supporting characters they all have to get superpowers to keep they don't have to but i i think they felt the need to make them all super powered so they could give them like fight scenes and then they don't even keep doing that as the show progresses so all that stuff's frustrating legends of tomorrow is only frustrating because it got canceled after they finally introduced booster gold um which is maybe very fitting for booster gold to show up and like actually you're done show's over now (laughs) um yeah, and then uh, some seasons of Supergirl, which I haven't finished, but season one and four, I think, are wonderful seasons of mm-hmm. television, um, especially four. Season four is like fucking 
like wild maybe the most political uh-huh. of all the cw shows like ever it's very clearly like oh yeah like hate mongering is like a real problem but also uh-huh. it's people with money and positions of power who are using that for their own like capital and gain and it's like this is wildly uh mature storytelling for the season before where there's like space magic witches and stuff you know like it was just it was really impressive with that and it's just it the thing that you have to do with these heroes is because their powers are just such a big aspect you have to tackle them in different ways so attacking Kara and her relationship to the planet is just so interesting because you just made her your superman stand-in so you gotta play with that the way you would play with superman and you know she and her cousin are undocumented immigrants they're aliens they're here what does that mean? And the whole uh, reflection they do with actual aliens being on planet Earth, finding uh, refuge and like humans combating that. It's just very interesting. And I, I think season four is also my favorite. So it's just it's just, it's just, it's just a crazy thing to see that they what they can pull off and what missed opportunities are there and what they don't. And it's just a wild era of television. And as a as a DC fan, really. Yeah, I I think uh, this is why I really wanted to talk to you about it. Like it, we we've been putting off for a little bit because I was I was on vacation, mm-hmm. and then I came back, and then I was like, well, Gene, I want to uh, figure out what to do next first, and then but we were insistent on getting you on. Uh, Gene, Thank obviously, gonna make it today. Uh, you're welcome, and um, uh, hope Gene gets well soon. Um, Cause he died. Cause he died. Yes. Um, if he actually dies, uh, and then this, goes I'm gonna, up, cr- I'm, I'm gonna I would kill feel myself. So I'll miserable. Kill myself. I won't do that. I will. Um, don't do I that. gotta join him. Please don't. Um, one of us. But no, none of us. Ideally, none of us. But I will let but, the weather but, take but me. I, I wanted to talk about the the Arrowverse, CWverse stuff, just because it is like the end of an era. Like you don't even have to like any of the shows, but it is a part of like TV history now. Mm-hmm. And I think as we're seeing the movie versions of superhero stuff kind of come to their own end of an era. And I'm bet I'm betting the production companies and the the money bags and the producers are all gonna realize that a little bit too late. Um, it's just I think it's important to look back on um, at least technology, like even barring like mm-hmm. our, our subjective views of the quality of it. Like I wonder why like it took off because like my my godfather I just I was visiting him the other weekend and lo and behold he's watching Arrow on Netflix for the <laughs> first time and he really likes it. Mm-hmm. it's like these things still hit so i'm like i just wonder like what what that is i'm not i don't have an answer i'm not even really looking for one but it's something i'm thinking about i guess it's such a crazy era because there was a time i think there was a promo about it there was a time where there was a different show every night it was like supergirl monday tuesday flash wednesday arrow thursday legends friday black lightning like a show every weekday and that's just an insane thing to think about yeah and they had like promos of like, oh, suit up tonight, a supergirl, suit up with the arrow cast, as Stephen Amell hates protesting or whatever they're talking about. And so it's just, it was such an insane era. So I think, like you were saying, whether or not you like or enjoy what came out of it, just taking like a retrospective glance at all of that and how it came to be is just really interesting. Yeah. And like, obviously, there's, there's a lot of like uh, stuff behind the scenes that, you know, Andrew Kreisberg, who, uh, who got removed from the shows because he was a little bit of a pest to say the least. I, I think you have to say allegedly legally or whatever the fuck, but he was a pest. And um, you know, it's like these working conditions on these shows, like they're fucking brutal hours. They're 22, 23 episode seasons, a lot of them. Um, and then the crossovers, which I heard were just fucking like like degrading almost 
to make, even though they're a lot of fun. And I think uh, uh, maybe people are proud of them. Um, I really love uh, Crisis on Earth X. I think that's the best one. Um, Aside from one or two glaring issues, I, I really do feel like Crisis is their best crossover. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Justice League movie just came out that same year and it was like, you know, they kind of just did it better. People um, are like, if TV. you want a real Justice League movie, go to the TV. Like, that's a little what you bit. Justice League. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I'm just bringing that up because it's like, you know, nothing was perfect. And I'm not, I would never say it was perfect. And, but, um, you know, just thanks to everyone involved. A lot of fun. Um, don't scab and maybe support your unions, but uh, that's neither here nor there now um, for that person. Maybe they themselves will no longer be part of the union. I don't know. Well, hopefully by the time this airs and drops, uh, every the, the studios will be like, "Oh, you guys are right," and they'll disagree on everything. So fingers crossed on that. Hey, and like not not to not to talk shop, but I, I think it's like an open secret that at least not every studio is like holding out. They're just like, "Hey, let's get it together, guys!" Like we it's just mm-hmm. fucking. It, it's more feasible to pay them now. Like let's go. Let's I go. I mean, Mr. there are certain studio heads that are fucking. Very obviously not okay with that. Bob mm-hmm. Iger, whose name I just said for no particular oh reason, you fuck. Um, but whatever, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic. We're optimistic. I mean, Mr. Gunn, if you're listening, you and your friend, Mr. If you get them on board, everyone will love you. Yeah. I'm saying, I feel like James Gunn wants to be loved. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I have questions about that because his brother's on the picket lines. I'm curious, like, this is just, I, I again, not suggesting, I genuinely have no fucking idea about any of this. Mm-hmm. I'm literally just curious. So if someone has, like, answers legally or whatever, like, please let me know, because he's he's in both Writers and Directors Guild, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, DGA did not go on strike. WGA, obviously, on strike. SAG's on strike. Uh, and, and Gunn has acted in stuff. So I I don't know if he's SAG qualified, but he's, he's acted, so maybe he is in SAG, too. Um, and he's not said a thing about the strikes. As far as I know, maybe I missed the one tweet, but um, I'm wondering if there's some like some legal shit where it's like, well, now as you're the head of the studio, mm. you cannot do certain like X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I don't know. There, the, there's the certain protests that, but... and stuff you cannot participate in because you represent like the wider company, or I'm sure some legalese that is stopping him, or who knows? Honestly, who knows? It's above yeah. it's above my pay grade to be sure. Yeah. And it's definitely above mine. But you know what's mm-hmm. not above my pay grade is to start talking about Blue Beetle. Unless you have any thoughts about Woo! the CW verse, like just just wanna Okay. Know, uh um there. uh uh if you have to watch one thing from the CW Arrowverse, uh watch Stargirl. That's the one? I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> okay. It's so good. It's so good. It, I've made several TikToks about it. It's so good. It's so fun. But oh yeah, I don't follow follow no on TikTok. Oh, we'll, we'll plug all that later. I'll, I'll link. I'll link it down below. It's fine. <laughs> but um, yes, uh, Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle, baby. I'm excited. Uh, I've been yeah. excited to talk about this one for a hot minute. All right. Well, the character of Blue Beetle, uh, the Jaime Reyes version specifically, because mm. this is the New Fifty Two, right? That's the that's the official uh, start of the character. My fucking. No, this he up? actually he actually started off in Infinite Crisis ah. during like the one year later type of thing during Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and it was a thing where uh the Scarab latched onto him, went into space to do Justice League stuff, and then he came back and he had to get his life together. And it was a very interesting time. Yeah, because he... I think Ted Cord was dead at the time. Well, is anyone know. really dead in this fucking thing? <laughs> no. No. 
as we as we found by the movie spoilers we're going to talk about so many things but nobody ever says that nobody's actually gone yeah no, no one's ever really gone um I, I know people make fun of that last Jedi quote but it's very beautiful and good in that movie and it's better than everything that came after so whatever <laughs> um yeah blue beetle why were you excited noah well i was excited mainly because i knew blue beetle jaime reyes from two places that is the Young Justice cartoon in which season two really focuses on him and his uh, powers and his relation to the Reach. And then uh, secondly, from Teen Titans, he was a member of the Teen Titans for a good like 20 to 40 issues. He was during the era where I think Jeff Johns was done writing Titans and I think uh, Cassie Sands, Mark Wonder Girl was leading the team. And it was a very odd like cast. It was like Static and Blue Beetle and Kid Devil and Ravenger, Rose Wilson and uh, Cassie and it was such a it was such a strange team and it, it was just an interesting time and I just really enjoyed him and then when I, I heard the movie was coming out I was really excited because it was part of the slate when I feel like the HBO Max whatever it was called at the time where the, the idea of it was so big you know they were announcing oh we're doing this movie we're doing this movie like they plan a bunch of movies and like oh exclusively for the app like you can't see it anywhere else and then slowly as that started to fall apart and <laughs> blow away into a production hell or just get deleted, I think a lot of us were like, oh, what about these mini projects? What about Black Canary? What about this? What about that? And then, you know, I was worried that Blue Beetle was going to be left behind. But yeah, I mean, the fandom really pushed for it. They must have had some confidence behind what was going on with the production and the ideas. And, you know, they just kept pushing it out. And I'm really happy it was made. But what... What do you feel? Why were you excited about Beetle? Is this your first time with the character? Because I know you have seen Young Justice. Yeah, I've seen Young Justice, and I have like passing knowledge of his introduction in the comics. I've always liked the mm -hmm. character, um, and I, I think the really special thing about this character because you know Spider Man was sort of the young adult superhero for a while, and now that's like a problem because Peter Parker does isn't allowed to do anything anymore, and that's why everyone's like, oh, Miles got all this new stuff because they haven't <laughs> done anything with him before, so mm -hmm. it's exciting and new. So it's like. Peter Parker's in a cage, like, let me out, let me out. <laughs> and then, um, you know, eventually you get Kamala Khan, who's like another great young uh, superhero. And um, it'd be really weird if they killed her off in a story that wasn't her own or whatever uh, in the comics industry, just to re reboot her so she can fit more with her cinematic uh, vision. But whatever. We can't, um, we can't talk about that. I'll be stuck all day. No, I I use this podcast <laughs> event also about fucking bullshit, but whatever. Jaime um, Reyes is a great character, super fun. And I think he's the first guy to really capture that like oh this is the next spider-man this is the mm -hmm. next character who's going to fit that mold who's going to capture that vibe and it's going to be a gateway to new readers to explore our established cinematic or established comic book universe mm -hmm. uh, and i want to read out some tweets from my other co-host in the retrospective matt garingo because i thought they were very pointed and he asked why does it feel like jaime reyes blue beetle is always set up to fail his first run was designed to be an entry-level comic for new readers, mm -hmm. except his origin was directly tied to Infinite Crisis, a crossover event you need almost two <laughs> yeah. decades of DC history to understand. Not to mention the origins directly tie into the death of Ted Cord Blue Beetle, who triggered the events of Infinite Crisis by getting shot in the face. A character who, with an incredibly passionate cult fan base, was basically well-liked by all and had a controversial death. Then they try to relaunch him with New 52. This is where I messed up. And then when that failed, they threw him onto the already floundering, like, 700th attempt to reboot Teen Titans. He's on Young Justice, right? Before that season mark gets canceled initially. 
Um, and he he only pops up in season three and four, huh? He doesn't really get a lot of time in those. Uh, anymore. yeah, he he shows yeah. up with the outsiders team, and they do a couple. Of oh, stuff yeah, yeah that's right, that's right, yeah. And you know that to show it's that's not it's not a mistake on the show's part. The beauty of mm-hmm. that show is like it's Young Justice, it's about everyone, so everyone kind of gets mm-hmm. time to shine. They focus um, on so many different people. Yeah, I mean, there's still people criticizing, like, well, Nightwing's not really the focus anymore, and it's like fucking uh, so. It's an ensemble, baby. Yeah. Fuck it, whatever. Um, but yeah, Jaime Reyes will be those kind of. He's had a rougher reputation than the character deserves, I think. Um, mm-hmm. for the movie, I wasn't that excited. Everyone knows I'm kind of tapped out of this shit already. However, mm-hmm. I am Mexican, and I'll take the rep <laughs> where I can get it, even if I don't like it, like the Gronko. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of that movie, but it's like, hey, it's a mediocre movie made by our people. Like, it should be allowed to be mediocre because I've seen 50 mediocre white people movies this mm-hmm. year. That should be okay too. Um, the one thing that did really excite me about Blue Beetle was when I heard George Lopez. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> I, I I like George Lopez, yeah. But um, the action and second unit director J.J. Perry was on board, and he's this great martial artist stunt guy who's who's gotten the time to shine recently. He just directed Day Shift on Netflix, which is pretty good, but the action's super fucking fun. And I'm happy to say he delivered with the Blue Beetle movie. I think the action in this is some of the most fun, inventive, consistently engaging uh, with one or two notes, um, like out of all these superhero stuff in a long time, like at least on this, mm-hmm. on this scale, because it's a much smaller scale movie, but Noah, I will ask you first, what are your thoughts on having seen Blue Beetle finally? I think my opening thoughts are simply that this movie structurally wise, when we're looking at story, and I feel pacing and just the elements of Blue Beetle. Uh, a lot of that structure is very stereotypical. A lot of it is very cookie cutter by the numbers. You know, young hero comes into their own, learns to value something over something negative. What makes this movie really special is very much the characters, very much the atmosphere, very much the uh, culture displayed. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that had both like La Chona and Sabora Me in, in like the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's just, it, there's such vibrance and joy. Like everyone seems excited to be there. The acting is really well done, even those that aren't given too much to work with. And it's just, the bones are what you would expect, but it's like the flavor, like the spice of it is just really good. And I really enjoyed that. And I really like what you said about the action. I, I don't want to talk shit about Transformers, but I'm simply bringing it up because it's the last movie I saw. Like the action from Transformers where the camera was moving everywhere and things are just so dirty and it's hard to like take a look at what's happening. Uh, are you talking Comparing, about the, the, the Beast Wars one? Or yeah, Beast Wars. The year? latest, the Beast Wars, the latest Transformers, okay. that one. Comparing that to this where like we linger on certain shots so we can see the choreography and how people move. And there's clear like intent on where the camera is moving and going and things are like stable. So you can see how action is like performed. And it's just, it's such night and day for me. Like the action was really good. I loved all the, you know, Buster Blader, Cloud Strife and Kamehameha just, that just randomly shows up in the middle of a fight. And I'm just like, you know what? Fucking Jaime Zolo, you're, you're such a fucking nerd. Go off. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> I do. I do agree. I, I'm trying to, I don't know how long I should hold my opinions back. Oh, no. Then we'll, we'll cut in and out. You give me all your opinions. All right. Yeah, I really like this movie. 
a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's got so much heart. There's so much like love and care in the character stuff, which is what totally makes it shine. Like you yes, love 100%. that family by the end. When they and they go through it, I was I was mm. a little shocked at where they went with this, some yeah. of the, the extent of the emotional stuff. I was like, oh, we're going there. That's... I genuinely almost cried for a second. I was like, oh, are we actually doing this? What's yeah. happening? So I saw it with some friends of the show because they mm. were like, we got to support this. And I think they knew I'd like it. So I went with them uh, the day before this recording. And there was like, mm. you know, vibing in the seats with the music and stuff like that. Because it's, you know, it's it's familiar. It's very familiar if you've been to a family party and you're uh, Latino. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was uh, like the, the soundtrack had like the top 10 songs you hear at like a Mexican party. Yeah, but then uh, they, they gave me some napkins to like for your tears later. And I was like, oh, mm. yeah, I don't know about that. And I didn't like <laughs> cry, but I was like, yeah, this is this is getting to me a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is this is good stuff. Like, it's not like a home run movie and i'm not saying that to like knock it down a peg but it's i think we just used to get better like four quadrant blockbusters like this Mm -hmm. where it's like this is a really well-made solid movie you're gonna get Mm -hmm. everything you expect out of it but you're also gonna leave with a little extra like you mentioned seasoning and i think that's the difference you know Mm -hmm. i think ant-man and the wasp is like i boiled a piece of chicken for you (laughs) and then this is like well we got fucking i got my i'm still chopping up the garlic like we've mm-hmm. got the onions over there a little shallot action we're we're mixing this in. we're making some fucking tacos here mm-hmm. and then over in the corner it's like but i boiled a piece of chicken this is not boiled <laughs> chicken you know um i think people are so used to either a they're so like divided into camps either this is a flop or it's a perfect masterpiece and people don't allow space like b-rank or like just enjoyable movies like it has to be those extremes yeah you I feel know. like this is very much like it's an enjoyable good middle of the road movie and it's a lot of fun yeah uh like just to talk a little bit more about like the area it's released like historically mm-hmm. right now like i mentioned the the dc stuff i mean none of the dc stuff has made money besides the batman and like since aquaman came out in, and in neither will this one and this one's not going to make money, which is a bummer because this one you could totally do so much mm-hmm. more with it. Um, it's I would like this. This is going to go on the list of movies. This this is maybe a failed blockbuster contender for that oh, a future for sure. season. Um, but I one feel I'm like excited another reality, about. It could have been like a, another reality. It could have been a huge blockbuster. Like I see McDonald's toys. You know what I mean? Like I see an entirely different world where if this was like a regular promoted like a regular blockbuster and not in the like the current landscape we're in like it could have been a totally different playing field. yeah where people are, are not not tired of superhero stuff yet mm-hmm. like honestly it, it's probably a sign of a healthy uh movie going audience that they're just like rejecting superhero stuff at this point mm-hmm. um, with like rare exceptions it is still a bummer because i like this one but it's like okay like we're ready to move on fucking studios hey pay attention they're ready to move on now mm-hmm. stop it Sorry, apologies to James Gunn, who's probably going to make a good Superman movie, but that's that stuff's not going to work out. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a bummer because it's like, it feels like all the sort of off the beaten path characters that could maybe be more representative of specific cultures and identities, they're the ones that are kind of getting hung out to dry now. You know, like, I don't even, I, I don't like Shang-Chi, but it's like, you know, that wasn't like, that was a modest hit, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like, I think that was no one really talked about it, but I think that's one of the few Marvel movies where they started like kind of scratching their head. They're like, you used to make a billion dollars. Wait, four hundred million? No, that's that's not right. That's not right. That's not okay. Um, and it's like 
now the message these studios are going to send, even though they're wrong, is that like, oh, well, see, those types of movies with those people aren't going to make money. Mm -hmm. When really it's just people are fucking bored by the whole thing. That's it. What studios now are going to do are start doing Mattel movies. So uh, get ready for that. Well, those will will bomb like immediately and then they'll stop. I'm not. Everyone's worried about it. It's going to be annoying, but Uh I'm not. I'm not stressing. You're not going to watch G.I. Joe's meets Transformers when they have John Cena right on Optimus Prime's back? No, <laughs> I will not. Oh, I'll be there. And right. I will. Well, go for it. Um, <laughs> obey him, no way him. People. And then Margot Robbie comes out of the shadows during a post-credit scene as Barbie. Oh, I, I don't think I talked about it on the podcast yet, but I did finally watch Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oh, what'd you think? They're great movies. They're great movies. They will both be nominated for Best Director. I, I'm putting money down on that right now. Uh, Nolan will probably win his best picture and best director with this. And uh, yeah, they're great. Uh, but to, to kind of wind it back to Blue Beetle, yeah, Black Beetle. I, I also saw The Meg 2, and I promise this is at least tangentially related, which I like and I think people are taking for granted um, mm-hmm. significantly. It's like you got fucking prime B movie movie here. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, it's fucking sucks because there's not enough shark in it. And it's like, I don't know. When you get to the point where Jason Statham drop kicks a man into a megalodon's mouth, like, <laughs> what do you want? You know, what do you want here? And I kind of feel similar to Blue Beetle, where it's like, if you just don't want to watch that kind of movie, like, oh, you're not gonna like the Meg Two. What I described to you mm-hmm. right now is like, eh, you know, like you don't watch it. Blue Beetle, it's like, oh, it's a coming of age superhero story. Like, if if you're like turned off by that, like, you're probably just not gonna respond very well to it. Even mm-hmm. though I do think it's like really well made and completely succeeds at what it's going for like without a a doubt in my mind i think it is a success on its own terms and even more than its own terms i think it's just a successful movie um in every way except financially (laughs) (laughs) um i think i want to mention just a couple quick little negatives because i you know it's not not perfect which is fine oh Um, i have some negatives too okay well do you want to go first i've been talking for a minute oh you you, your negatives your negatives are probably more nailed down than i uh, I think there are certain points where the the script writing, whether it came to like something like an offhanded joke or some dialogue, sometimes it just irked me the way it was written, mm-hmm. which was just I don't know. I'm not asking for like Shakespeare, but so, some some things are said like so on their face that I'm just like I get it, like yeah. I understand. Like uh, like there's I think there's a specific one where uh, they're talking about like oh. And this person gave the company to the son. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, that sucks. He's like, yeah, because sexism. And I'm just like, yeah, could, could you say that like a little more? I'm not saying you don't have to say that, but can, can you find like a more interesting way of saying it instead of just being so like blase? Why is your face like that? Because when you brought that up, you're talking about the Susan Sarandon character. Yeah. Like is, it the the Susan, is that what we're talking about? Uh, no. So I actually like that character. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, not complicated, but you, you get enough reasoning for why she is what she is yeah i turned over to my friends i was watching it with because some she was fucking it was that scene where jaime is looking at all the screens she's talking like to like political leaders or whatever right Mm -hmm. and it it just hit me like a fucking lightning bolt and i turn over and i ask them is susan sarandon playing hillary clinton because if you know anything about susan sarandon she's a very very outspoken left-leaning uh, advocate and she got a lot of flack for maybe not being a fan oh my of god the is there is, party 
is there a I, i'm trying to remember the movie now is there a she was in the room joke in that movie i think there was maybe like, I, 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 so. I don't remember off the top I, of my head but it's uh-huh. also the haircut the haircut's uh-huh. very specific so i'm like is that fucking is that what we're doing here um which made me like it more. That's crazy. That's crazy. I just I didn't do that. Yeah, justice for Susan Sarandon. Um, uh, people are weird about her online and in the Democratic Party, but whatever. Um, yeah, that was a that was a, a negative thing that you were talking about. Go ahead. I that was a positive for me, but go ahead. <laughs> Any yeah, other negatives? Some some of the well, just to reiterate, just some of the writing was like so open faced and like, can we do a little? Just have things have a couple lines a little more subtle. Uh, I I guess one of the things that the only other thing I can really think as a negative is that I wish we had a bit more time with the character of Jaime because he is constantly surrounded by other characters interacting and I think I would like a few more solo moments just to develop who he is as a person because you can infer lots of things like maybe he watches anime or plays video games based on like how he moves with the beetle and like him eating tacos and enjoying good food but I wish we had a bit more time with him solo because I love his supporting cast, but he's always surrounded with someone. Like he himself is never really given a chance to breathe until the very end when he has the thing with his dad and that whole moment, which is nice. But I wish we had gotten a few more quieter moments with the character of Jaime. Like who is Jaime aside from like what we've already seen? So I, I think those are those are the only two big things that really come to mind. But I'm sure you have a list because you, you're a bit more comprehensive to these things than I am. I, it's not really a list. It, it is that um, Zolo mm-hmm. is is a great Jaime Reyes. He's he's a movie star. Like if mm-hmm. I think if the him and his team and the industry is fucking smart, they'll keep him like front and center and give him other stuff to do. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think this is the last time he's playing Blue Beetle, which is again unfortunate. Um, but he's really I mean, good and he's really charming. He's, I've he's heard great things about him quality. in Cobra Kai. Great things in Cobra Kai about him, yeah, which I I've also never, have to watch. <laughs> Which I, that's just a crazy thing because I remember when it was a YouTube original, yeah, and then it just slowly made its way to Netflix or whatever. And that's yeah, crazy. it's like the one carryover because it's like uh-huh. the one show that they gave talent to, you know, mm-hmm. or they gave to talent. Everything else, they're like, why isn't our Logan Paul movie like a massive <laughs> hit? And it's like, well, because fucking children watch this shit, mm-hmm. children and racists. Um, but but yeah, but, back but, to but, okay, so, <laughs> um, I think. I think Jaime needs a little more fleshing out. I feel yeah. like the narrative has a great momentum. There's a real good sense of pacing. Uh, even from the start, I thought it was like, oh, we're like, we're just like kind of going oh, yeah. through this. It um, moves very well. And I was I was really tired when I got to the movie. I was like struggling to keep my eyes open. And it wasn't the movie. Like I was like, I need, I want to see this. I was really tired. Um, I had a long night the night before. And I was like, I'm going to fucking make it. And I did. And I did. And I didn't have a, that problem after like the first half hour uh that's on me um i think like when he shows up it's like okay he just graduated from gotham law something i missed by the way until after the movie my friends explained to me oh no he went to gotham law you see the thing on on his uh like the little g yeah and and then he mentions it before and i was like okay i remember the lawyer thing that he studied law or he's pre-law so when it gets to the end and the we'll just go into spoilers by the way so if you watch it we both recommend it right yeah. Yeah. Go go watch it. It's not going to make any money anyway. So if you're worried about, I don't want to yeah. get money in superhero movies. Don't worry. It's, it's not yeah. going to happen here. Yeah. I, um, I I don't even know it's going to make its budget. So, uh, which we'll talk about late in a second. Also, um, uh, but yeah. So like when I I noticed the pre law thing, I was like, okay. So when 
they they defeat the villain like and and Jenny's gonna get her her uh, material back right her her not material her company back um she's gonna start running it like quote unquote properly or whatever um part of me was like oh okay well clearly they're gonna use the his his knowledge of like pre law and and law to uh like find an angle to make sure that this stuff gets sorted out properly just something to hand wave away like uh, you know a beginning a middle and an end of an arc and it's like no that's it's not it's not in there at all. Mm-hmm. He just saves the day, which is which is wor- good, and it works in the movie, and it's like emotional and stuff like that. But I was like, oh no, it's just his, his degree is completely irrelevant, which is maybe the point because it's like no, I that think is that's a supposed thing, to be a character, uh, a character detail, simply because he doesn't seem like anyone that's interested in law. He never mentions it. He clearly said when he was with his sister, like, oh, I thought I would get us out, mm-hmm. so he clearly just went to law school for money. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason he did it. Like he didn't choose like what interested him. He's like, I want to make money. I want to get support my family so i'm gonna be a lawyer which a lot of people do because they're like i just want to make money here yeah um so yeah that's you know kind of a, a quirk criticism of mine um and again jaime not really that developed by himself i like your note about like he doesn't really have anything to do by himself he's always yeah. with someone and it's like that's it, at, to a certain point it totally makes sense because it's an ensemble the family is just as important as him in the, the narrative mm-hmm. by the end which i loved but yeah it's like you just need you need just something by himself just you know i i want to see more of uh of just what him sitting in his feelings in that first half of mm-hmm. that movie you know the other big criticism is jenny cord um who i wasn't sure i was gonna vibe with as a character or actress that mm-hmm. was one over I, I thought she did a, a solid job um that character is also constantly on the go and so she has the same problem as high man so mm-hmm. to the point where their their romance their eventual relationship start is like that feels the most kind of like sweaty and ham-fisted. I buy yeah. it because of the actor's chemistry, and I, I don't think it's like a, a misfire by any means or something like that. But it's like it is the part of the movie where I'm like I'm less on solid footing with. I feel like if 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 I found out that the studio gave them notes to like, oh, can we have a bit of a romance just so we can have you know like a couple together in the film, and they they added scenes in that I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very uh, hope Marvel hope coded. Oof! So <laughs> maybe Oof. Why was, like daughter of like a scientist, and she's like, I can take care of myself. I've had training. Da, da, da. And just like her vibe is a little hope, which I don't particularly care for because I have all other reasons about that character. But well, the character's uh, I thought, boring. Like even apart from that actress, that character is boring in those movies, unfortunately. She's just there to be there. Yeah, it sucks. There, there to be there and there for Scott. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, she's fine. I thought she served a purpose. She got some emotional moments. Uh, her relationship with her uh, Victoria Cord just swings wildly because there's one second where she's like, "Oh yeah, I take care of you. Leave. Oh yeah, you can be my family. Oh, you disagree with me? I'm gonna fucking shoot you." Like yeah. it just swings wildly back and forth for whatever needs to happen between them for the story. So I think she's fine. Uh, I hope we see Blue Beetle again, but I'm okay if we never see her again. Uh, nothing wrong with that actress. Nothing wrong with that actress. Just give her things to do. Yeah, yeah. Just, just beef up her role next time. Do you, do you think the, the Blue Beetle cast are going to go into the quantum realm to save her dad? You know, that is the vibe. Because <laughs> I did stick around for the post credit scene because mm-hmm. we were waiting for a friend at the bathroom anyways. And I was like, oh, I'll just say Um I'm not I'm not super into that because again it's like 
I feel like that kind of narrative linchpin uh, had this been successful mm-hmm. to get a sequel. That's not about Jaime. Like I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. in Jaime and his family. Like, what are they going to do? Because another such a great thing about this is like my big criticism of superhero stuff is like it's very elitist cinema. Mm-hmm. Lately, I know people are like, oh, no, it's forever. Fuck off. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, yeah. and when I say it's elitist, I mean like it's it's not really about human beings anymore. It's about like mm-hmm. people who like enter positions of power, and it's like if they lose sight of the humanity of it all. This one, they you fucking they're gonna lose their house. Um, mm-hmm. they 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 don't patch up the holes very well that yeah. enter the house because of Jaime's shenanigans. It's a very um, personal story. It's not yeah. dealing with like world ending. It's a very like personal thing that people can understand yeah because you see like destroy the world oh yeah that's a scary concept losing my fucking house that could happen to me yeah it's a working class narrative Mm -hmm. it's it's the you know it's the the ordinary coming up against the extraordinary which is like i think an angle that is often very lost with bigger budget movies now you know i think that's why stuff like horror is very successful because that's really easy to capture that on, on a smaller budget level um, and people like feeling like they're caught up in something really special, whether it's good or bad, you know, um, at least narratively in fiction, not not so much real life. This hurricane in L.A. at the moment, that's a little strange to us um, and not in a good way. But like that's OK. Yeah, yeah, go for it. OK, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'll no, doing... fuck it, whatever. We do that here. My pitch. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Yeah. OK, we do a show. We... I, I just pretend I control. James Gunn. Okay, we're doing we're doing. Two, where it's a lot of focus on Jaime, the Reach, and his relationship to the Scarab. So it's going to be. Second movie. We're going to do a show with Terry Accord looking for her dad. He's not lost in some fucking dimension. He's with Booster Gold lost in time. That's oh, what we're, doing. Okay. we're lost in time, baby. It's a Legends fucking ripoff. We're going to do that shit. And she, you know what? Fucking bringing Justice League, International Justice League was with him. They're all fucking lost. You run into fire and fucking. Salem, eighteen something. You get, grab ice somewhere else. Doctor Light. We start grabbing everybody, and then you finally get Booster Gold at the end. Not at the end. Maybe he comes. Maybe he comes to Victoria Court. He's like, "Hey, I'm your dad's boyfriend. I got him lost in time. Sorry." And then they just travel through time and pick him up, and they pick up the entire thing. Because I like the idea that uh, because Marvel spent years introducing singular characters, and because of that, a lot of Marvel to me just feels so isolated and lonely. But uh, I mean, with Superman and like the millions of characters they're introducing, Hawkgirl, terrific, whatever. I like that because they're not taking the time to introduce. They're just like, hey, this world is already full of heroes. We're not gonna spend hours introducing a but one person. We're gonna bring an ensemble and ease you into these characters. And I think they should do that with Justice League International. Just they all exist. Everyone exists. You don't have to worry about fucking ten years of like twenty characters. You know what I mean? I, I get what world. you're saying with that. I like that in like a TV show. I think for a that's movie, why I'm pitching my TV show. Yeah, for a movie, I definitely have qualms with it. Like it is just mm-hmm. the way things are right now, and I think it's it's fucking backfiring because everyone was like, "Which Batman's in the Flash?" You know, um, oh, and then like I trust James Gunn to make it work. I really do. Everyone knows how much I fucking love Guardians Three at this point. Uh, it's not something I'm looking forward to seeing in that movie, though. Mm-hmm. You know. Although they well, even have like a, a great actor I really love and Barry fans know as well, Anthony Carrigan as um mm-hmm. who who is he? Uh fucking not Metamorpho. Uh who's the who's the guy with all the shit? It's gonna bother me. Hang on, hang on. Uh Plastic know. Man or No, no. Yeah. Elongated Man? Superman. What do you Metamorpho, mean? Metamorpho, I was right. Metamorpho. Metamorpho. Was, oh, I love Metamorpho. Uh, yeah. 
and it's like I could shout just out Young Justice. Again. Yeah, Young Justice. Yeah, Young Justice. Go watch Young Justice. Oh, That's... and Batman: Brave and the Bold. He's in that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't. I'm not as familiar with that one, but I, I know of that. Um, but yeah, like I I want uh, more Blue Beetle stuff where it's just about the family and him, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm cool with with not crossing him over. So he can cross over in other stuff. I don't want other people in his movies. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I'm getting flashbacks to Wonder Woman and Shazam too. Oh is, my uh, god! Hilarious. Gal Gadot just doing like seven years of cameos. Yep. You know what? Uh, what? A... <laughs> I mean, her last movie bombed. Uh, so everyone's like, "No, you don't get another movie. You just <laughs> you can just show up in other people's movies." And you know what? I, now I have another question because like. Mm-hmm. James Gunn's Suicide Squad, uh, critically received very well. Most audiences really liked it. Um, I like it still a lot. It, it's mm-hmm. not; it doesn't have a special place in my heart, but it's it's clearly a well-made movie, right? Um, huge financial bomb, mm-hmm. huge. Gets the DC universe keys. I don't care. I like that. Whatever. I, I like James Gunn. I, I'm not. I'm not upset about that. But, uh, Blue Beetle probably be a bomb not that big of a bomb probably a bomb mm-hmm. i'm just saying if you're gonna if you're gonna carry anything else over i wouldn't be upset if this was another one that he carried over along with like peacemaker and mm-hmm. all that stuff you know so. i'm very conflicted on the idea of carrying things over because i am very intrigued and attracted to the idea of just starting with a clean slate because there are plenty of actors i would love to see return like viola davis and Margot Robbie, John Cena, like I would love for all of them. Uh, Journey Smollett, I know I said her name wrong, but Black Canary. Uh, I'd love for many of them to return, but I'm just really attracted to just like a clean slate. Because you know, if they bring a couple people, then the fandom is going to be like, well, how come they get to stay? Uh, your wife gets to be in the movie. Why Why don't we help fucking Henry Cavill? You know what I mean? Like, it'll never stop. Yeah, no, not because of that reason you just mentioned. And I know you're not saying that's why you feel that too. No, I'm not. um, not. I think we both agree, like, a clean slate would be more ideal. Mm -hmm. Like, even apart from all this other franchise bullshit, like, a big part of me just loved Peacemaker so much. I was like, I kind of just wanted you to do more seasons of that, you know? Like, you (laughs) clearly can do TV too. Like, I, that's all I wanted. I'm not really, I was not excited when he was announced as Superman. And it's nothing against him. But him being the Superman director next was like not something that was like that's what I want to see. I will well, be I've been saying now, for but... years we just need to turn superhero movies into TV shows. I've yeah. been saying that for years. You know this. Just turn everything into TV shows, and if you have to have some big world anything, then that's your movie. Yeah, or uh, or just have it be the season finale because that's how TV mm. used to work. You know, it's like you could you could just do that. You can like I think that's what everyone who's like kind of criticizing marvel for like their their story changes post endgame whatever and it's like maybe it was always kind of bad um but like their their big criticism is like well i don't know where the narrative's going it's like well it wasn't going anywhere before they're just like we're doing that movie down the line like at the end of the day that's all they said they're doing the infinity saga movie turned into two movies but they did it and everything else was constantly in flux you go back and look at like how many post-credit scenes literally nowhere or characters just come and go as they please, or like maybe audiences and critics didn't like one aspect of it so much, so that's gone out of the movies. And the next time, like there is never a real sense of integrity to the overall plan. Individual movies tried to have integrity, and there's plenty of them that I will still go to bat for as quality films. But 
it's not something that movies can do because movie productions don't work that way. TV does. What you really want is television. So I'm encur- I'm encouraging uh, Noah's plan to make <laughs> this a is how we lo- TV show. <laughs> this is how we loop back to the Arrowverse. <laughs> we just loop back, yeah. back to the Arrowverse. And the problem there was it all should have just been one show. And you got to call it like Justice League or something. I don't know. They should. I would 100 have supported a Justice League show. Yeah. I mean, it clearly works. The animated mm-hmm. stuff works. I'm not one of those people who's saying just do what the animated stuff did. I think that's mm-hmm. silly. I have the animated stuff. I, I don't want to see another version of it. That That's that version. Mm-hmm. I want to see a new version of it. Otherwise, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? Like, we're in a different medium for a reason. Show me what I can't see in something else. Yeah, you know, so maybe you do more street-level mm-hmm. guys in live action, because fucking mm-hmm. ex- that Superman show costs money. It probably cost a fuck ton more if you got like 80 other supporting characters in there, you know? Well, I mean, that's why the Superman show, the cast is relatively small. But not only that, it's maybe like 8 to 12 episodes, I think. Yeah. It's not like the full 22, 23 standard. Yeah. That is and then slowly I, not even the standard anymore. Yeah, and I'm not a big 8-episode season guy. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it works. Like, I was fucking fist-pumping when I heard, oh, Andor, we're doing 12 episodes. I'm like, fuck yeah! You know? <laughs> like, HBO seasons, that used to be their standard. Like, 12, 13 episodes. Maybe even 10. But they're the ones that can pull it off. Everyone else is like, oh, it's more like you're watching a long movie. And like, fuck you. If I want to watch a movie, I'm going to watch I'll a watch a movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're doing with this company and all these people. I know. I'm just getting so angry at imaginary people right now and I'm, I'm sorry it's a slow sunday they're here robots. they're all robots uh unfortunately bob Iger is a real person he's not this is no. what will smith's i robot was warning us against will smith was right he, he was, will smith was bob right. Iger. <laughs> that, yeah that's what should have happened yeah Somebody get on that fanfic somebody listening I want to yeah someone that. someone draw that for me will smith slapping bob Iger. You and I will never work for Disney if mm-hmm. if you draw that, but I will share it. Whoever draws that for me, so mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Anyways, um, more Blue Beetle stuff. Uh, so because we're in spoiler territory, like it's full on now. Uh, his dad dying really caught me off guard. I it was crazy because I there it's funny because I feel like people have very different expectations, and that's either very little or none at all going to this film. So when I saw like people started bleeding and people getting shot and I was just like, what's happening? And then his dad ends up on the ground and I was like, that's why you motherfuckers mentioned a heart attack. It wasn't just to put them in a, in a, like a a disparaging place in the world. It was to foreshadow him dying. You sons of bitches. It's a setup and payoff. It's like, it's just classic writing. It's it's not, again, it's not going to change your life, but it's like, I don't know. We used to just make movies that was like, what's the cool concept? The guy gets a, alien beetle suit attached to him he becomes a power ranger yeah what's that gonna look like i don't know well he's gonna fly around it's probably funny if he did this when he flew around for the first time and it's just like i feel like they they did everything you possibly could with like the first outing for this character you know what Mm -hmm. i mean they didn't pull back for a potential sequel you know which is a very common problem with these types of movies and i think that's why i really responded to it too like the dad like they're not holding off like a family member dying later because I think it'll be more dramatic because you'll be more attached, which might be true. But if you're telling a story, you have to think like, what is my fucking beginning, middle, and end? Don't worry about later. You, you're not going to get the later if people don't like your first one. You're still not going to get the later, but that's irrelevant to the quality of this time. Um, and they just, they don't hold back. It's like, here's the problem. How do you solve it? You do this. Well, that's a problem because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, well, and they just, the movie keeps building like that. And 
I don't know. Again, it's just like a good movie. It's a normal, good movie that obviously people that look like like you and I know uh, respond to very well because we it's it's very similar to our own families in a lot of ways. You know, like uh, uh, my abuelita does the nana thing where she's like, wait, mijo. And then it's the mm-hmm. sign of the cross every time I leave the <laughs> the top of the forehead, the mouth, mm-hmm. the chest. Like it's it's so familiar. It just happened to me like three days ago. You know, like yeah, like you could identify certain members of their family with people that you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's just something I can't remember the last time I've seen something like that. That just is really refreshing. And it's not like necessary, but it's very nice to see. And um, there's something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but I'm glad you can we're here and we can talk about it. Um, George Lopez just kills a man. He impales him. Oh yeah, no, he kills him with the, He kills. He straight up kills him at it. I, I I was the only one who was like I was. I went to uh, Shadow Gene and an organization he works with. Uh, they got me a screening, and I, like the theater was silent because people were enjoying it. But I just started laughing when George Lopez killed someone with like the beetle bus or whatever the fuck it's called and it just like a pincer just impales someone like you see them die and i was like george lopez no i greatly admire that they kill motherfuckers in this blue beetles like i think again this is maybe something could have been expounded upon more but it's something i i know you know i've been saying and thinking about for a long time where it's like well if you're a superhero you're now in that position of power like you have you have power over everyone in your immediate vicinity mm-hmm. i think you do not get to be judged during executioner. If you take it seriously, right? You you take the rules of that world seriously. Mm-hmm. I think if if you're a, a Superman, a Blue Beetle, a Spider Man, even a Batman, like to me, you, I think that's an ethical boundary that lessens the superhero identity. Then you're in Punisher territory, which is a different conversation. Uh, for superhero stuff that I think I, I stand by my feelings on that. However. <laughs> The family is not superheroes. They are not. They are. The grandma fighting, kills several. They people. are fighting a private military organization, um, and so the grandma kills like fifty people with a giant alien machine gun. <laughs> I fucking love that. And that so was pretty much. great. Um, there's a, a film critic I really like named uh, Mark Kermode. He mm-hmm. used to work for the BBC. Now he does his own thing. Other fucking nerds like me know Kermode and Mayo. They're a fantastic radio duo. Um, he really liked this movie too, and he was caught off guard because he doesn't give a shit about this stuff, right? But it was the family stuff that he really responded to, and he, like me, had thought of Spy Kids when he was watching it. When he was saying Spy Kids, like it's he's he's pro Rodriguez, not just he's not lumping yeah. in all Latino stuff. Like he's, I think I get what he's getting at too, or like the vibe of it, the family adventure of it. You know, um, this is a little heavier hitting. Like if you got maybe young ones who are very close with their fathers, maybe uh. Maybe wait maybe not till they're like eight or nine. Take him to the restroom, and then when you see that vision sequence, you can just be like, "Oh, his dad's in the hospital." Don't lie to them. I'm just lie to your children. I'm advocating lying to you. Um, but he he brought that up, and for me, I think I've spoken about it a couple times before. But Spy Kids is is such an influential movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I really do love that movie still. But when I was younger, that was my first. Oh, that's uh, that's like us. You know, even though the, the parents are not played by Mexicans, it's still, you know, mm-hmm. the movie gets the point across. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, like, that's that was a big deal for me. This is probably a big deal to the, the kids that eventually watch it on cable or Netflix or HBO mm-hmm. Max or whatever, because not many of them are going to watch it in the theater, probably. Um, the showing I went to had lots of families, lots of kids, and they seemed really into it. The one I went to yesterday. 
was also pretty full. Not packed, not not a packed house, but uh, not a full house, but there was a sizable audience. Now, it was AMC Burbank 16, and that's generally pretty full always anyways. Um, mm-hmm. That's sort of like in the hub of the movie nerd world, so maybe that's why. Um, but, you know, people have seen the screenshots of, like, yeah, this is, like, no one's, like, bought a ticket to this one showing. It's like, oof. Oof. But the point being, I I hope people respond to this movie who need to respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of all that. I could hate this movie, and I, I hope that happens. You know? I hope it'll do well in streaming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to bet this has, like, legs. Uh, at least, like, a long yeah. lifespan. It's gonna, it's gonna run very far. Yeah, you. I don't know why I'm literally just re-saying what you just said. It has legs, you're right. <laughs> it, it's running very far. That's the Flash, Noah. The character, not the movie. The movie didn't do that. The movie's Drop fucking dead immediately. I gotta do my Ezra Miller run. Don't do that. Don't don't oh like. My God. Don't parody a criminal. Shout out the You're homie Jake because he really wanted to see it and I did it and he bought me a ticket just so I would see it with him. And then I spent the first twenty minutes waiting for chicken fingers for him, and so that's how I got out of the first twenty minutes of the Flash. Oh okay, you couldn't have gotten out of the other. Uh... No, that's when the chicken we were waiting for the Alvin. Uh... <laughs> All right, well, yeah, uh, I'm never watching that movie. I just want everyone to know that I have no interest in that. I could, like, other people have mentioned, like, oh, just get drunk and like watch it. And I'm like, well, I could get drunk and watch a movie I like. Also. Yeah, I want to get, if I'm going to get drunk and watch a movie, I want it to be a movie I know I'm going to like. Yeah, you know, like I'll enjoyable. Get, I'll get drunk and watch the Meg Two again. I really like the Meg Two. I think people mm-hmm. were fucking harping on that for I don't know why. I think people just forgot what Schlock is, but I don't know. So that's what I'm saying. Heads. The dichotomy. It's either golden or it's trash. People can't enjoy like a fun middle anymore. Yeah, you know, I fucking Jason Statham harpoons a shark with an explosive spear. Like what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you people want anymore. Um, <laughs> No one knows what they want. Movies are dead. Hollywood's dying. Um, Barbie was really good, though. And, uh, oh, this is fucking just... I'm just pulling shit out of my ass now as we wind down. I saw Passages, the Iris Sachs mm-hmm. movie. It's French. Uh, it's really great. It's maybe my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, for all the, the people that are trying to combat, like, puritanical tweets out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big of a movement that genuinely is, but it always comes up online, so I might as well mention it. Um, everyone should watch Passages. That would uh, that would break their brains. That's all I'll say. Um, it's great. Everyone go watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I will say, it. I will say, everyone should go watch the Blackening on Netflix because that was really fucking funny. It's a it's a horror comedy and it's really good. So that's that's what I recently watched. If we're just suggesting things we watched recently, yeah, we'll, we'll just do that. We'll just do that. Um, and watch Star Girl. Star. Okay, sure. Uh, maybe. I'll watch it eventually. If, I will you know, watch it if, eventually. If you watch Stargirl, I'll watch something that you want me to watch. Uh, You were supposed to watch something for a while. I, I don't remember what, what it was it? now. You, you know what? You text me and you remind me. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll remember. Um, okay. I mean, we can keep going on Blue Beetle, but I think we're kind of just going to start repeating the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, We liked it. We liked it. Go watch it. Go watch it if you, you, you don't hate superhero stuff with every fiber of your being at this point. Like, I, I was like, really? If you do... Don't watch it. That's fine. It, it's okay. If you want to see George Lopez impale a man, go uh, go watch Blue Beetle. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. Oh, um, I guess the last note for me was again the action by JJ okay, Perry. Last notes, baby. 
last action by JJ Perry was really great. Um, uh, wonderful use of like wide angle lenses and the the close ups with mm-hmm. like the the kick in and the like a lot of physical punchy stuff, which I think is why I liked it a lot too. Like every once in a while, it kind of gets into like they're just shooting lasers at each other, and every time that happens, like my brain just starts checking out at this point. Um, and it's not even this movie's fault; it's a mm-hmm. systemic issue that my brain responds to now. Um, and everyone knows that this movie was quote unquote filmed for IMAX, mm-hmm. not shot for IMAX. I want I I've not seen that anywhere. So now, what is the difference? I think. <laughs> They're they're being specific and not saying shot for IMAX or shot in IMAX uh, specifically because mm-hmm. it wasn't shot on like an IMAX camera. So when they made the leap from uh, straight to streaming to theatrical release, mm-hmm. that uh, change occurred in the pre-production stage. The film was not made with that in mind. So, and I think you can kind of tell with the budget mm-hmm. increase where that money went, and I think it all went to the right places generally. There's a couple like flashy special effects stuff towards the back half that's mm-hmm. really like even the very emotional scene with with his dad's last scene um, where he's like, I'll always be with you and stuff. I'm crying just saying it again. Like um, apart from the close ups on them, it's not the best looking part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's good enough. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not the softball. Like it really it gets the job done. It's not the point of the scene. The point of the scene is about yeah. the characters talking in this weird space. So it works. Um. But I do think had they actually like allotted time and money for a big theatrical presentation, like I, I think this director could do it. Uh, fuck, what's his name? I'm gonna find it. Angel uh, Soto. Yeah, um, he could do it. He's good. He's a good director. I, I like this guy. I'm gonna keep an eye on him. Um, just yeah, I, I think you can kind of tell. Like, I'm pretty sure when they go to IMAX showings for this, because I didn't see it in IMAX. I saw it in Dolby. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, sometimes even better than IMAX, frankly. Mm-hmm. But for IMAX, you know, the, the aspect ratio is like 1.91, right? Um, mm-hmm. so taller, taller than the traditional scope, which is what people refer to like as quote unquote cinematic, even though that's another conversation. Um, so I think they just did it for like to kind of try to make more money off IMAX. I, I don't think they really utilized any of the, the presentation or the cameras or any of that which is like fine and i'm not like angry about it i'm sure it's just the marketing guy was like everyone's fucking riding dick for oppenheimer and that's imax all the way baby so let's get another one in there let's do it let's (laughs) let's fucking let's ride this imax train till the coattails fall off and it's like Mm -hmm. well no one really saw it in imax anyways so they took the film file and they took the film file and they put it in adobe premiere and they just switched the settings and like okay we're gonna put it for imax we're gonna put it they just exported it and now also everyone's mad at them for quote unquote taking screens from Oppenheimer, which is like Oppenheimer's funny. fine. Oppenheimer might make a billion dollars. At the very least, it's gonna end They're up okay. at nine hundred million. They'll be fine. Let um, the brown people take screens from white people. Yeah. yeah. It's just a little harder for me to champion that because it's like because mm-hmm. it's not making money, it kind of kind of it was just like wasting time for an, an IMAX screens. Like it's not again, I'm pro this movie. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not anyone who actually worked on the movie's fault. It is yeah. fucking clearly just WB being like, let's let's get this pump these numbers mm-hmm. up, baby, you know? And it just backfired on them, much like the release of The Flash did. Because it's very, I don't know, it's very clear that a lot of the people that were involved in this whole process seem to really care about it. And yeah. just, a lot of people seem to have a lot of passion, a lot of fun. Like, I've watched some behind-the-scenes stuff. 
it just looks it looks like they're just having fun doing this and i can really appreciate when people are really passionate about a project when like in comparison look to the flash where everyone's just it feels like everyone's there for a paycheck or to avoid scandals or to who knows what yeah what's ezra Mm -hmm. miller up to i don't know call your local authorities Mm -hmm. yeah they should probably be arrested yeah but uh if, if we're getting to like last notes about the film yeah yeah we should wrap i, I think i do want to talk oh i thought you said last notes that's why i said last notes no no yeah uh, yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> i think i the one thing i'm very conflicted about on this movie is simply the villain not victoria but the other guy simply because you there's there's very little to him but at the same time there doesn't need to be he serves a certain role in the film and while there's like moments to uh to empathize with him it's not i'm just like do we really need those or is it just and i had to like really think about whether or not i like him or not and i kind of i like the idea because this movie like like i said like blatant storytelling this movie like explicitly calls that colonialism and capitalism i think there's an interesting interpretation where um white colonizers will often have people of color engage in combat and fighting against each other because at the end of the day the day that character that guy was manipulated by victoria cord he was used and abused by her and then it was just two brown people fighting each other uh all a lot of it staged by uh, a white capitalist i think that's interesting about how people in power will often get minorities to fight one another both thinking that they're in the right when really the root of their problem it is said manipulator. So I think that's an, I, I don't know if that was a f- intentional on the film, but I think that's an interesting uh, thing to think about, you know? I think it's totally intentional. I, I think you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I mean, even um, the, the other characters, uh, I, Harvey Guillen, that's the actor's name, oh, the okay. scientist. Um, yeah. Oh, shout yeah, out yeah. to the man. <laughs> yeah. Shout, shout out to the guy who reclaims his name, but unfortunately, I only remember his insulting name. Yeah. That's on me at this point. Doctor Sa- uh, Harvey Gillian. Yeah. Harvey Gillian. Yeah. Doctor. Not. Not Sanchez. It is. It's not. That was the point of the the character. Mm-hmm. He's reclaiming his name. Um, but yeah, like even stuff like that, like it's very clearly like like trying to be like an upstanding moment, like mm-hmm. standing up against like the insulting like. Uh, racism by his mm-hmm. boss. There was a yeah. lot of casual racism and like blatant racism in this film too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it, it threads that needle very appropriately. You know, or it's like there's different ways to it to insult uh, non-white people, specifically uh, Latinos mm-hmm. and, and you know Mexican families and such. Uh, and the movie does a really good job of basically like addressing all that. And so, I, to your point about the the henchmen. Um, What's his name? Carapax or something like that? Yeah, right? I'm trying to look it up right now. Yeah, he looks like Carazone. he looks and sounds like Megatron, which I really responded to. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do think that you know to go back to the superhero no killing thing. You know, at the end of the day, it's uh, these are people, and it, it treated all these characters as people with their own wants and needs, maybe minus uh, uh, Jaime sometimes at the start, <laughs> where I'm like, I'm not exactly sure what your deal is. Um, but the movie very works reactionary. Anyways. Yeah, reactionary. I, I don't know what, what he wants, which is, many people know, a problem I have with another young adult superhero franchise at the moment. Um, but, yeah, like, all these people are just people. So when he finally has to confront this, uh, you know, the, the henchman again, he finally gets the upper hand on him. He, like, he can't kill him. Um, the scarab 
voiced by Becky G, by the way, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pops him because he's imbued that into the Scarab. So now it's this fully symbiotic relationship. They are one mm. and, um, and the same. And he's forced to see that the person he's fighting against was also a victim. You know, they're a victim mm. of their, their circumstance and their life and stuff like that. And so he he's not the person who's like, there's arguments about like, look, some, some super villains in comics, like the Joker or something like, maybe we should just get to the point where you just shoot him in the head and you're like, yeah, I didn't find him. I don't know. I don't know where he went. They throw him in a, in a concrete hole somewhere. And you're just like, yeah, I guess he just fell. You know, yeah, slipped but on this, a banana. Yeah, slipped on a banana and swallowed and a nuclear gun. bomb. <laughs> um, but yeah, like with characters like this, I think it's appropriate to be like, no, this is also a victim of other circumstances that uh, are out of your control, but you have control on how you're going to deal with them now. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, to the other side of that, though, I do like that early on. He's like, I'm not going to kill this guy, and he backs down, and the guy still tries to kill him. Like, I, I think that was actually a good call because now he has more of a reason to lash out in anger also mm-hmm. this guy is responsible for his father's death you know um so i don't know it's 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 not like a clean cut simple story either there's a lot of yeah. emotional stuff there that mm-hmm. i mean i'm fucking going on over an hour talking about now um i hope i'm not keeping you too long we can wrap up now. no i'm good uh okay. if there's any other notes i could i can really think of is that uh, I will say that it is clear his intent is just to provide f- for his family, but there's not much else outside of that. I mean, mm-hmm. Like he does have that, but I get what you mean. And secondly, uh, this is a nitpick, but I enjoy a young justice when the scarabs voice mimic Taimes, but was like a bit more gruffer. But instead of like in this movie where we get like a Siri type voice, I guess that's just like jarring to me because of the age of AI. So I just, I wish I could have had something like Young Justice where it was like his voice, but something, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I think I just figured out why they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. The Venom movies do that. Is it just him? That's Tom a... Hardy. Oh. And I bet they're like, well, we don't want people to think we're copying Venom. I promise you no one gives a shit. <laughs> I don't no one gives a fuck. Um, yeah, no one cares. Everyone copies everyone. Nothing's original. Only your interpretation is original, bitch. Yeah, that was good. Can I curse on this show? You can say whatever the fuck you'd like, so long as you're not being offensive. Okay. And I mean genuine offense. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, don't... Uh... Okay. Victoria Cord is a colonizer. I'm glad yeah. she's dead. She is. No, I'm, I'm glad she's dead. Shout out to Susan Sarandon of Shout Speed Racer fame. Uh, Speed Racer is incredible. Go watch her in that. Maybe structurally that's a little similar of a movie. I don't know. Um, go, go watch her in Thelma and Louise and Tammy. Oh, watch Thelma and Louise is a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's a great movie. I mean, it's iconic. Yeah. Fucking, I, I got a, next time I'm driving around with someone in the passenger seat, I'm going to, I'm going to grab their hand mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to drive off the cliff in solidarity with Thelma and Louise. And that's because we respect women. That's exactly why. Yes. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. And because Susan Sarandon still. Fine as fuck. All right. That was Blue Beetle, everyone. That was Blue Beetle. It was good. You should watch it if you're interested. If you're not, mm-hmm. I promise you're probably not going to change your mind. That's fine. And if um, you like Blue Beetle, go check out Blue Beetle Graduation Day in comic book stores, Target, Barnes & Noble, available digitally everywhere. Is that a real thing? Yeah. They have Blue com- Beetle comics in Target now. So. 
No, no, I mean a blue beetle. Gra- no, it, it's, <laughs> blue beetle. It, I don't know. Blue, blue beetle graduation day. It's a six issue miniseries that uh, started twenty twenty one, ended a couple months ago. I think I don't know. It's six issues. It's a little miniseries. It has a lot of stuff to do with the reach. So if you like the reach, it's a lot of reach stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm just promoting the comics. You got it. All right. Yeah, comics. What a great right. industry. Mm. There's no problems there. Not like in the movies. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, thanks for joining me today. Where can Thank people you for find you me. online? Well, online, uh, you can follow me at Noah is Garcia on TikTok, Instagram, Threads, and Twitter slash X. Just say Twitter. My... We don't we don't say X on this podcast. Don't fucking insult. I I I I was gonna. I thought I just wanted a reaction. So you no, say I. Uh, if you want to follow so my angry. photography, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> If you want to follow my photography works, you can check out Noah Garcia underscore photography on Instagram. Yeah, you take amazing photos. They're very upsetting because uh, I can't. You, keep up you with upset you. me. You, I can't keep up with you. I ruined a whole film roll, so don't even talk to me about it right now. Oh yeah, what happened with that? Can I can I ask about that? Oh my god! Because I think okay. we, were, we were both a little lost in the sauce separately, and then you mm. just texted me randomly. I'm still bummed on my camera. Just me touching, like, just me touching someone. And you're like, what's happening? Yeah, I was like, what uh, is this video you're sending? And okay, then, uh, yeah, mm. I, I didn't know. I was like, did I forget what happened? I don't know. <laughs> okay, audience, imagine a t- uh, film roll is like a tape measure. And instead of putting the tape measure back into its capsule, you accidentally rip the whole fucking thing out. And now I'm going to cry. That's my life. Okay, so the whole roll just... It's on the opposite side. Oh! Oh, you wound it up too much. Oh, you can you can fix that. I don't I don't know. You exposed I have no it, idea. I, I opened it, and I think some of it is exposed. Okay, I had where, to check. where did you open inside? I was inside. It was like a dark party, so I don't know. You might be able to salvage yeah. some of that. I'm, I'm going to take it to that. I'm going to take it to the guy. We're, we're going to talk about it. We're gonna yeah. Talk about it. That's yeah. a whole other uh, story. That's all. No, no, no. I'll tell you right now. This is important information <laughs> for camera people everywhere. Okay. So Everyone if that ever happens, if that mm-hmm. ever happens, you cry, wind up the roll too much that it, it leaves the, the film leaves the roll and it wraps around um, the, the inner camera mechanism mm-hmm. for pulling the, the film strip out. Um, obviously you're not going to know that happened until you open it close it immediately not like don't even think about it for more than a millisecond just reaction close it um give the camera to your developer right you got to go to in person you can't mail this now Mm -hmm. um just tell them what happened because that that did happen before i I didn't get my role but that was a whole other thing it was like my first film role ever um and i fucked up my camera but they will they'll go to the dark room and they'll they'll strip it out from there and then they'll give you back the camera if mm-hmm. uh if there's no like other mechanisms like fucked up in your camera like mm-hmm. i i don't see why they wouldn't be able to just do that so vans photo and whittier by the way that's where we go to develop our stuff at least our, our color negative stuff mm-hmm. um good stuff they have stuff done in like an hour or two sometimes which is really yeah. great yeah go support vans <laughs> photos and blue beetle goodbye everyone <laughs> goodbye watch ahsoka I don't know if you should do that. Uh, thanks oh, for listening. Okay. Thanks for watching. Uh, we've been professionally unprofessional. Bye. Bye. <laughs>